Hey y'all, my name is Will Lahardy and you're listening to Texas Tasty's 512 Degrees, the podcast where we talk to artists and influencers about their lives and careers. During today's episode, you'll hear a conversation with our guest, followed by a final lightning round of rapid fire questions. We have an Austin legend with us today. Our guest has been involved in Austin's music and DJ scene since the early 90s. He has since grown to national recognition, DJing and mixing music for the likes of Hollywood stars and US presidents. He's the official DJ for the Texas Longhorns men's basketball team, and he was inducted into the Austin Music Hall of Fame in 2014. Some know him as Obama's DJ. Please welcome today's guest, DJ Mel. DJ Mel, welcome to 512 Degrees. How are you doing today? Howdy, I'm doing well. Thank you so much. So my first question, which is a question I, I sort of asked every guest who comes on to 512 Degrees, who are you and what do you do? <laughs> who am I? Uh, I am a DJ that resides in Austin, Texas, and uh, been doing that for a very long time. Yeah, just involved with a lot of things here in our community, and uh, yeah, I think that might be <laughs> it. Can't think of anything else. Uh, where did you grow up? Where did you grow up? I grew up in Colleen, which is an hour north of Austin. My dad, my dad. Well, I'm a military kid, and my dad was in the military. Um, as soon as I was even, a- <laughs> as soon as I was able to get out of there, I was out of there. You know, Colleen serves its purpose, but you know, if you want to reach for something higher, you definitely want to move out of Colleen as soon as possible. I've never actually been to Colleen, but I. That's always- a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I could tell you all about it and you don't ever have to go there. And what were your influences growing up? This is before, you know, the internet became kind of like the focal point of like just how we live now. You know, that's how we get our news. That's how we learn about new music. We get all our information from the internet. But but before that, it was, you know, it was definitely like, you know, MTV and, you know, VH1 and 120 minutes on MTV or or just radio. You know what I mean? That's... You know, back then, uh, you know, it was it was important. And so that's kind of what influenced me, you know, musically. What first got you interested in music and I guess in particular uh, producing and DJing your own music? Just whether it's record store culture or, you know, watching music videos or listening to the radio or what have you. It's always been an important thing. I think it's always been there. You know, I I I. I I think it's always it's it's always been there. I, I mean, just some of my faintest memories as a as a kid, and I was actually talking about this to someone the other day about just your earliest memory as a person, as a human being. What are what I mean? Can you remember things from like when you were a tiny child? You know, and uh, one of the few things was music. It's always been a thing. You know, it's always been a form of escapism. It's always been this this common ground and how I, you know, with people that became, you know, some of my closest friends. It's always been that way and it still is now. So when did you first start mixing? Oh man, it was a long, it was like in the early nineties, you know, (laughs) I was just tooling around at home at my parents' house. And it was one of those things where I guess I was watching, I was watching someone DJ somewhere and, and, and me being musically inclined and, being able to play instruments and read music, I just was watching this guy DJing. The music he was playing was great, but for some reason, it just sounded off. And I was like, man, this doesn't sound right. I, I kind of want to replicate this because I was already buying music already. And, you know, I I just kind of found what was around me, you know, like 
to some beat up turntables and a you know a, a neighborhood friend. His father had a, a old beat up mixer that he didn't need, and I just took a crack at it. I just practiced, practiced, and kept on practicing. After practicing for you know an extremely long time, I figured out that the guy that I was watching that w- that was doing it wrong was mixing everything on the wrong bar. And after practicing for a long time, I figured out that 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 was the case. He was just dropping it on the wrong bar. When did you first move to Austin? How old were you then? I was a little bit older. So, I mean, God, I was in my early 20s when I moved here in the mid to early 90s. You know, Austin was a, you know, it was just a different place then. You know, mm-hmm. you know, I moved down to Austin for, for a gal. She was a very well-connected, you know, person here in Austin. You know, she, she just knew a lot of people. You know, she was from that scene where, like the rave scene where there were just a lot of, you know, she just knew a lot of DJs and, and guys who were like throwing like DIY kind of like warehouse rave parties here in Austin back then. What influenced your music at the beginning of your career? It's interesting because for most people, we all have our musical phases. You know, you have your, you know, you have phases when you were a kid and when you were a teenager, and then you have like, you know, multiple phases when you're an adult. And that's the case for me. So there's so many things that influence me. It's all rooted in hip hop. You know what I mean? Like the way I DJ. I approach it as a, you know, as a hip hop DJ. There's a level of technicality to my DJing. I was always big into dance music, you know, and so I, back back in the 90s, I was part of a, a DJ crew here in Austin, Texas, that the majority of them were all house guys. They influenced me. I got to listen to all the records they played, just all the multiple phases. I mean, I had a country music phase when I was a kid. I remember I was a young kid wanting the cowboy hat and boots and all that kind of stuff. and. <laughs> You know what I mean? I just had all these crazy phases. There was like this, like, you know, kind of like pseudo goth phase I, I kind of had, you know, where I was listening to nothing but The Cure and New Order and, you know, ministry and all that kind of stuff. So all these things put together has shaped me to be the DJ that I am now. Just all these things influencing me. And I think that all those things combined, you see that when I DJ. So when did you start to first gain more traction with your DJing, with your mixing? When when did that first... Uh, here in get... Austin? Yeah. You know, when I first moved here, like, you know, just like anyone else that's young, you know what I mean? You're just like, okay, what am I going to do with myself? You know, you kind of don't have anything figured out. You're like on a, on, a, on a lake rudderless, you know what I mean? You don't know where you're going, you know, and that was the case. I, I didn't know what to do. It was like two things at once, which was crazy. And, and it, it all happened in like, you know, a matter of months. I got a job at, at Waterloo Records, which is arguably, you know, the biggest and best record store in Austin. Being there, like I got to know everybody, you know, um, that's where everybody went. You know, a lot of people went to buy music. It was a place where everyone bought their tickets for like Liberty Lunch and direct events, you know, shows and shows at, you know, um, Lozona Rosa or, you know, you know, South Park Meadows when that was a thing or, you know, the backyard out west or whatever. So through being there, you, I just got to meet a lot of people. And then a friend of mine reached out to me and she's like, hey, you should check out this this hip hop night at this bar called Nasties. You might be interested in it. You know, just check it out. You might like it. And, and I knew the guys that were DJing it, you know, they were really cool. And they had this night where this is like way before like open format, you know, multi-genre DJing became like a thing. One guy had to leave and then 
the the one guy that was left asked me like, hey, would you like to be part of this? And I'm like, okay, yeah, sure. Why not? And so I started DJing there and it was doing really well. And then after a while, it just went bananas. It's probably a hundred cap room. We would cram three, 400 people in there. This is at a time when you could smoke in a bar in Austin, Texas. And it was wall-to-wall people, wall-to-wall. And, I, you know, it was just crazy. It just was bananas forever and ever. And, um, you know, it started in 96. It ended in, it ended in 2017 when the bar closed down. So, yeah, it was like a long run. But Waterloo and, and, and Nassies was kind of like what kind of got my name out there locally. The Internet started to take hold when, you know, you got to meet other DJs from all over the country and all this kind of stuff. Around what year did you first start to get more national attention to your to your mixing? I think it was around, you know, the early 2000s. You had like these people who, you know, who went to school and went to Texas, you know, and then they, you know, they graduate and they wind up going to New York or L.A. or whatever. And they're like, you know, like, dude, wouldn't it be awesome if Mel played in New York, you know, and. And that's how it worked out. Like I'd have friends that 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 grew up here or went to Texas and graduated and moved to New York, and they're like, "Okay, we're flying mail up here." And you know, in the early 2000s, that's where it kind of took off. And then also with you know the internet, with the exchange of of gigs with other DJs like in New York and Kansas City and L.A. and and Seattle, and then out of all places, Bozeman, Montana, you know, Chicago. You know, that's where kind of like the first domino fell was with 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 that you were asked to play at obama's election night party in 2008 or was it 2008 or 2012 when that it was in 20 it was in it was in 2012 but in 2008 i started working for c3 presents and helping them produce the their edm stage which i still do to this day and so i got to know people in that space you know just that festival music production world few years later after that before you know like maybe 2010 2011 there was this guy that i met at in chicago where you know it turns out that you know this guy was kind of part of like obama's like advanced team and also was one of the main guys that would produce obama's events we, we became really good friends and you know he would come out to my gigs here in austin and whatever and I would always joke around with him and say to him, it's a long shot, but I would just love to meet the president one day. November 2012, I wake up to this call and it's him. He's like, hey, dude. I'm like, what's up? He's like, hey, what are you doing on Tuesday? And I'm like, uh, I don't know. What's going on? He goes, do you want to DJ at Obama's headquarters on election night? And I was just like, uh, okay. <laughs> so next thing you know, I'm there. You know, and I mean, I had no frame of reference. I didn't know what this was all about. I walk into this massive room and I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. You know, there's like domestic and international press, like in on these bleachers. Like it looked like one, like one side of a football stadium that was just filled with cameras and President Obama won. Took a while for Mitt Romney to concede. And so that kind of worked in my favor because when you have like, you know, 20, 30,000 people in one room, they're getting restless. My guy, you know, he was just like, okay, dude, you've already ran through the, all the songs that we've vetted for the president. All right, we're just gonna let you do your thing. Just be very mindful about what you do. And the rest was history. I mean, it was crazy. Like the whole room went bananas. And then, you know, all of this is being televised. So everyone on, you know, on the internet, on Twitter and whatever, like, who is this guy DJing right now? 
And then all these people from Texas would chime in and like, dude, that's, you know, that's our guy Mel from Austin, Texas. And then it just went like crazy. You know, you know, you had people like, you know, Questlove and Mark Ronson and all these guys that are like, dude, who is this guy DJing? This is crazy. You know, I didn't know anything about what was going on on social media until I got back to my ho- my hotel room that night. My phone just like lit up with notifications and I just sat there and read all of them. And I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. And so it was good. It was a little overwhelming. And then like with anything else, you know, it just kind of died down a couple months later or whatever. They asked me like, hey, you know, do you want to DJ uh, his inauguration? And, and I did that as well. What are some lessons you have learned? I learn lessons all the time. I think I'm, I'm grounded enough to 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 not get caught up in whatever, you know what I mean? Just because I did this or I did that, I just don't get caught up in it, you know? So as far as like lessons being learned, you know, I've learned a lot. The pandemic really, you know, forced me to look at, you know, look at myself in a different way. It forced me to kind of like pivot and figure out, okay, what can I do? What can I, you know, what can I do to not only keep myself sane, but to keep a lot of other people sane? And so that's why I, you know, I started this show on, on Facebook, you know, right like second week of the pandemic. I'm like, okay, I'm already DJing online already. I'm just practicing, you know, um, you know, yeah, maybe there's like maybe 10 people watching on Facebook, but I mean, this was way before the pandemic. So, and I'm like, okay, well, I'm, I already have this set up, you know, how about I just DJ and, you know, for people, since everyone's just cooped up in the house. And so I'm like, okay, well, can I, let me give it a name or whatever. And I'm like, all right, well, let's just make it simple. Living room dance party. Everyone's in their living room. You know, why not? Second show, it took off. I mean, it went bananas. I mean, everyone was watching. It was crazy. I DJed for like six hours on Facebook. Crazy. It was so crazy. You know, the mayor was on there. It was just all my friends were on there. Just all like everybody was watching and that just set it all off, you know, and, um, I've done so many of them during the pandemic and that really helped. It helped me learn something new, but as far as like what I've learned through DJing, like, yeah, I mean, I just don't get caught up in, you know, um, what I, what I've done. Yeah. I'm always just thinking about what's next. If there are any listeners in our audience who are aspiring to be DJs, what is some advice you would give to them? Just keep doing what you're doing. Don't have any expectations because I didn't have any, you know, I think if you have, you know, um, expectations, I mean, you're bound to, to be disappointed. I think if you're already DJing out there right now and you're already get you know, and you're getting paid for it, you've won already. That doesn't mean just, you know, stop there, but just know that, you know, you've accomplished something that you're getting paid to DJ, which is crazy. Think about it. You're playing other people's music. It's wild, isn't it? And also, you know, my advice to other DJs or younger ones, uh, respect the art, just absorb all the information that's out there and learn more about the house guys. You know what I mean? Learn more about Derek Carter or DJ Heather or Colette or absorb everything. Just observe them and, and, and hopefully it will influence you. Just keep doing what you're doing. Like be true to the art and uh, yeah, just to stay focused. So we've reached the final segment of our time together, which is called the lightning round, which is where I will ask you a bunch of random lightning questions and you have to respond at lightning speed. Are you ready? Oh boy. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully I can pull this off. Here we go. 
Best tacos in Austin. Oh, boy. Veracruz. You're not the first person who said that, so <laughs> I applaud. What's, your, what's the favorite venue that you've played? Here in Austin? So many of them. Yeah. It's tough. I don't want to offend anybody because I love them all. <laughs> well, how about in, in your entire career, what is your favorite venue that you've played? Oh, man. Oh, my God. This is supposed to be lightning. <laughs> Jesus. I've DJed in like a lot of rooms here in town, and they're all wonderful in their own way. Man, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, the Frank Irwin Center. I mean, I you know I DJ for Texas men's basketball, and I I just love it. I I love DJing the basketball games. Yeah, I mean maybe the Frank Irwin Center. If I had to kind of give you like a quick like lightning answer, <laughs> it would be the Frank Irwin Center. I'm gonna get burned for that one. <laughs> You're making my little Longhorn heart sing, so I appreciate that. <laughs> Hook 'em horns, baby. Yeah, I I I just have I just have this fondness for the for the Frank Irwin Center. I mean, it's 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 a done deal now, you know. Mm -hmm. I mean, we have the Moody Center, but I just love that. I mean, I've been DJing there for like for the team for like 8 years now and I just love that room. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's it's a kind of a polarizing building, but I just love the staff that works there and I I don't know. I just I just like that. But and that's where I first I, I saw one of my very first big concerts was the Frank Irwin Center. So, yeah. Are you currently binge watching anything? Oh God, Yellowstone. Ooh, my parents love Yellowstone. Oh my God. Yeah, I, I, at first I, I didn't. At first I was like, okay, uh, like what? What? Like I, I'm not really into this. Kevin Costner, like out in the, out in Montana, nah. and then I and then I went to Bonnaroo like a couple of weeks ago, and my colleague we shared a room, and we they were having like a Yellowstone marathon. And it was it happened to be there, and like I just started watching with him. I'm like, dude, I'm hooked. And so I basically ruined my sleeping patterns binge watching all four seasons of Yellowstone. That is that is so much TV. Oh my gosh, dude. I, I mean, I'm seriously. Like, I would stay up until like the sun was coming up. It was so bad. And then it turns out I totally forgot that one of my friends is the location manager for that show. Oh, no kidding. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, he lives here in Austin, Texas. Yeah. What is your ideal vacation? Oh, man. Ideal vacation. Uh, a beach. Yeah, like maybe Hawaii. Who is on your playlist? Oh, my God. Uh, Sons of Kemet. Uh, what else? God, that's a that's a really good question. Um, yeah, Sons of Kemet. That's a um, scientist, which... Uh, who is a, a famous uh, reggae dub artist. Lots of jazz. Thelonious Monk, John Coltrane. As far as new music, there's this band called Oh He Dead. That's a that's a good one. There's some other ones. Uh, yeah, I do. When someone asks me questions like that, I get stumped because like I get overwhelmed. You know, mm. know what I mean? But for the most part, Sons of Kemet, uh, lots of jazz, you know, uh, lots of reggae dub music, which my dog loves. It kind of keeps him chill. You know, so, yeah, those things. What's the biggest change you've seen in Austin since you moved here? I think the pandemic really just, you know, put everything into high gear as far as change, okay? Back in the 90s, you know, when the dot-com boom was happening, people were like, oh, my God, this town is changing, da-da-da-da-da-da-da. I didn't see any of that. I didn't, I'm like, nothing's really changing. You know what I mean? Yeah, you know, you'd see things here and there, like, you disappear or something would pop up. 
but now it's like you know what i what austin was like march 2020 and what it is now are two different places now you know what i mean and change is inevitable and you can't change change you know but it's it's just the growth you know what i mean uh just the traffic you know um it's always been that way but it's even more so now um just it's just palpable now you know what i mean like back in you know back in the day you could go to the grocery store and you could get everything that's on your list right you know now you go there and like there's gonna be a lot of things that aren't gonna be on the shelves because there's just way more people here now they get to central market before you do so by the time you get there every like a lot of things that you wanted are gone it's just the growth you know there's a lot of people that you know I've, I've told people before you know um you know back way way before all this stuff was happening like Austin's a place like if you lived in some small podunk town in Texas, as soon as you were old enough to get out of your crazy town, your crazy small town, you moved to Austin. But now it's everybody, everybody all over the country, all over the world. They're all just moving here. And so, yeah, it's the growth that's like the big change. If you could live anywhere other than Texas, where would that be? <laughs> I don't I don't know. I really don't know. I mean, someone asked me that recently. I, I, I just don't know. I love Texas so much. I just, I don't know. It's, it's, a, it's, I don't even know. I mean, there are a lot of places that I like a lot. You know I mean, I love Chicago. I'm not going to live there because the winters suck. You know, I love, I love Southern California. I love Los Angeles, but I'm not moving there. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I'm a, <laughs> Excuse me. I'm a Texas kid. I just, you know, even you know, like I was talking about growth, you know, yeah, I love open wide spaces. And yeah, that's kind of hard to come by to a certain degree, you know, but, you know, it's just, I don't know. I, I, I just can't imagine myself being anywhere else. I mean, I don't know. I, I, I just have no idea. I mean, I, there are so many other places around the country that I like for certain reasons, but never thought about moving anywhere else. It would probably... Did you say outside of Texas, right? I, I have no idea. I got you. So I, I can't answer that question. I, I tell all my friends who aren't from Texas that Texas is not just a place, it's a state of mind. <laughs> is there anything that you would like to shout out or promote? You could follow me on social media. If you're on Instagram at DJ Mel Takes Picks. If you're on Twitter at DJ Mel. And then um, the website is available all day, every day, DJMel.com. And finally, what is your dream venue to play? Oh, wow. That's a really, oh man, let's, let's think about that for a minute. I don't know. I mean, there's, there's all these amazing places, you know, uh, you know, there's Madison Square Garden and, you know, and, and Radio City and, you know, there's, there's just so many places that are incredible music venues, but I would love to to DJ in the uh, original space uh, where uh, they taped Austin City Limits on campus. I would love to DJ in that in that in that space. You know, I went there a few years back for an event, and I I just remember sitting there, and I was just blown away. I'm like, man, this is this place is like legendary. I think they still had the same backdrop from the show, and I was just like, this this is insane. It's bananas. It's, it yeah. really is bananas. It really is. Well, DJ Mel, thank you so much for joining us on 512 Degrees. I've really enjoyed having you on. Thank you for having me here. It's a pleasure. 
You can keep up with DJ Mel on Instagram by following at DJ Mel Takes Picks and on Twitter by following at DJ Mel. You can also find him online at djmel.com. If you've enjoyed today's episode, then give us a follow at the Texas Tasty on Instagram and Twitter. Future episodes of 512 Degrees can be found wherever you get your podcasts. Until next time, this is Will Hardy signing off. 